0: All right, welcome to another episode of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Uh, my guest today is Sam Dosa. Uh, Sam is uh, a business and emotional intelligence coach uh, and he's here to discuss uh, how we can better support uh, young people to realize their, their full potential. Um, Sam, a warm welcome to the Pocket Mastermind podcast.
1: Thank you very much, David, for uh, inviting me and a great introduction.
0: Oh, very good. Uh, very welcome. So, Tell us a bit about sam who is sam before we get into uh, the nitty-gritty of how we can better support young people and help them achieve their potential because i think it's a uh, quite an important subject at the moment let's learn a bit about sam
1: so sam uh, i'm uh, not british i'm not born and brought up in uh, great britain uh, my original birth is karachi pakistan and uh, i've been living in the yeah, Great Britain for last uh, twenty-four years, and I'm a proud father of uh, three beautiful girls, and I have two stepdaughters as well. So house this full. is uh, <laughs> full of girls. Uh, house is full of uh, women in my life. So to um, to compensate that, I would say we have a dog, and the dog is a male dog. So that helps. <laughs> he's your
0: ally, <laughs> is he? <laughs>
1: so makes the the uh, energy balance a little bit Mm -hmm. you can say Um, well I I came uh, in 96 and um, as I joined my first uh, uh, wife at that time and uh, uh, because I came from Pakistan even though I was uh, qualified in certain areas of my skill set which was IT Mm -hmm. uh, came to the country you are aware of in a conversation with people, because where I was working in Pakistan, I was working with very affluent people who were coming from uh, Oxford Universities, uh, Sheffield University, um, Toronto, University of Toronto, mm-hmm. Aust- Australian Universities. So I was working in a very high prestige university in Pakistan, where I was meeting with all international experts and i was used to have a conversation that oh i'm planning to come to this place and that place and then everybody looked at me and says come on think about it what is going to be so prepare yourself is not mm-hmm. about that do not prepare yourself prepare yourself so that was a good uh, discussion from what i gathered from them at that time so i started my journey in 1996 in it industry and um, as I was quite affluent with my skill set in IT, uh, I progressed very quickly in my field, and I work for the British Telecoms. I work mm-hmm. for some another big organization, and uh, during that phase, uh, I thought uh, you know uh, working is good. You are working for your family and your self, but what about the community? So in that uh, transition, I was uh, uh, been given an opportunity to work within a community group where we was doing mentoring for not only youth, but also adult. Uh, so in terms of uh, it was a task of lifelong learning. So how you can continue learning, is not about that you completed your master degree or your PhD, so you have completed your education, that education can be learned in a different ways, a new language, a new skill, uh, continuously keeping your mind active to achieve something new. For me was that I wanted to serve the community. So I went into doing counseling and then I did my coaching qualifications and then I did my other qualification which helped me to uh, have something under my belt. While I'm working in IT industry, this mm-hmm. is something I was in, trying to build something. So that helps me to grow within the area of my um, community and serving the community. And while working of big organization, they have this element of uh, going into schools, serving local schools with uh, uh, adults who are going through uh, interview skills or mm-hmm. they are preparing themselves to go for a career shift or something like that within their... Thought process. So I had the privilege to go into school, do some uh, training over there, talk to the young adults with about CV writing and interview skills and all sorts of things. And during that phase, we I started with my partner uh, a charity called uh, Empowering Youth in London. And uh, what we were doing, we were actually targeting schools where within the school setting there were kids who were secluded from the classes because of their behavior, mm-hmm. because of their uh, certain learning uh, abilities were not there or we can call it disabilities uh, where people were with the different sort of ADHD or uh, some other areas where they were not focusing in the class because they were exceptionally um, quite aware of what's going on because mm-hmm. they can't control their behavior because of that. So. We had the privilege, and we were not being supported by any agencies at the time, like uh, local agencies or local government. We were just supporting our own funds. So we thought, you know what, we have to do something for the community. Let's start something, and something will come. So we went into school, and we started doing some uh, workshops, counseling, coaching, meditation, mindfulness. And we had about 16 kids in our um cohort at that time. Mm-hmm. So we went up to eight weeks to complete the whole entire journey with them. And this, the change we saw in those children was phenomenal. And, and then the parents came in the last day when we did a small get together to invite and give them some present. And it was like, they have done a marvelous job. And after three months, we got the report from the school saying those children has, are now doing exceptionally well in their classes. They are focused on their education, they're preparing, they are helping. So we did a great job and we received a very good uh, feedback from the school. So we continued on a couple of other projects within different schools. And I moved out from that charity and left it with my partner. And she is still running in Richmond, uh, which is uh, in richmond upon uh, Thames in mm-hmm. Surrey. And uh, I now worked uh, in a completely really different sector. Still, I'm supporting youth. I'm part of one million mentor uh, group where we are mentoring a lot of youth at the moment in West Midlands, as well as uh, part of a couple of other uh, charities as well. Within my business, what my um, motto is to give, to receive. So the more I give to people, then I will receive and I will receive receiving it. So, that's the journey so far right now. That's what I'm doing.
0: Amazing. So how long ago was it that you set that the original charity up that you and your, so
1: the charity was started in, uh, 20, uh, 2008 or nine during that period. Yeah. 2009. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what was, and what did you learn through that process working with those kids?
1: There were a lot of uh, you know those children were coming from some some very drastic backgrounds, um, underprivileged in certain areas. Uh, there were single mothers. There were siblings. Um, some children we mentor were like an adult in the house mm-hmm. uh, who were not only looking after their mother, their father. They're also looking after siblings. They're also coming in school, attending the school as well. So they were taking the full responsibility and that's why they could not control their anxieties. So giving them this avenue of coming in here and sitting with us and having a chat and venting out, Mm -hmm. that was what we have learned. And we have achieved several great uh, uh, feedback from, from them, just listening to them and protecting them, going into a bad influence with services or something like that so we have learned a lot of things and we were trying to get more into supporting those kids but we did not have much funding mm-hmm. so if you do not have uh, funding but we have a lot of enthusiasm mm-hmm. we have a lot of uh, volunteers to do the job but then again you can do certain degree and then you just back off but She's still doing it. So, still teaching arts. Still doing mm-hmm. some other areas where she's offering activities and all the things. So, it's ongoing process, and um, and it's 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 one of those things supporting, is balancing act at the moment.
0: And uh, so, when did you then move into doing what you're doing now?
1: So, well, that journey continues because I was a part of, as I said, I was preparing myself for going into youth mm-hmm. sector. I was going into coaching and training and all those things. So since 2008 onwards or 7 onwards, I was still doing part-time uh, coaching and training and uh, mentoring and careers coaching to people who were being laid off from the big big organizations as well. Mm-hmm. And this whole journey continues from there. And since 2016, I became more full-time into this arena of uh, doing coaching and training and supporting youth as well as business owners and other, other people who are looking to increase their vibration going into their own careers or their own businesses in a completely
0: different direction. And what's the what's the big difference that you find between um, coaching the, the young people, youth who potentially sit at school or just leave in school versus um, those of us who are a little more seasoned in the world, as it were?
1: Now, because children need not directions. They need to have somebody to hold their hand, somebody to protect them, somebody to listen to them, uh, understand them. That's why they are more influenced by their friends. Mm. They're more influenced by their, uh, not siblings, not, not parents, but their friends, the friends actually say something and they will say, okay, I'm like, my friend is doing, I'm going to do the same thing. If my, my friend is going to be doing engineering, I'm going to follow her. Even mm. though I have no interest in going in engineering, but I'm going to go for it. So, my uh, intervention is that I listen, I listen, I do not judge them in any ways, I just listen and to understand exactly where they're standing and what sort of a skill sets they have. So they talk about a lot of things that, oh my interest is in this and that, and i try trying to do this and that, it does not happen. And so we, we actually guide them. We do not hold, we hold their hand, not hold them very tightly because we give them directions because our experiences as, as an adult we go through with our own journey and we have seen where the hiccups are, where the, uh, where the problems lies and how do we need to maneuver from those sort of things. So giving them direction is quite interesting that because they listen and they follow it through. With adults, uh, we have already preconceived ideas of a lot of things in our head because uh, we've been through our journey, we've been through our sort of areas where we have worked. It did not complete it, but still we thought that might, again, reigniting it again, re- reigniting again that thing Well, it's going to work again. But we are just very difficult to ask for help as an adult. We say, oh, no, 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 my ego comes in and says, no, 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 I'm not going to ask for it because it will look very, me look very low in front of Sam, why I'm asking for help. And that's the biggest mistake we do and i said to everybody if you don't ask you don't get mm-hmm.
0: it's very true it's very true and with the with you know with the kids these days it's a, I, it's for us it's quite a diff, different world than you know when even when i grew up say 20, 20 30 years ago the world is a very different place now you know with the internet and social media and all of the challenges that come from that do you see common themes when you're speaking to the kids are there common themes around what their ambitions are or what their fears are that kind of thing
1: there are there are different challenges with different kids mm-hmm. um because um, um as i said i'm, I'm a proud father <laughs> and my kids are uh, teenagers Besides my one stepdaughter, she's uh, twelve years old, but she still thinks that she's a teenager. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> so, when you're that age, you're racing to you're racing to grow up. And <laughs> once you uh, get past twenty five, you're racing to stay still. <laughs> absolutely.
1: So, my older one is doing her, her medical degree. So, she's in her first year, completing her first year. And I got set of twins who are sixteen years old, and then I have a stepdaughter sixteen and then a uh, young, young daughter is 12 years old. So, looking at this entire um, unit and talking to my own daughters at what mm-hmm. you think of your career, my older daughter is very focused and she decided that she wants to be a, a bibliotrician. And she was very focused about her A-levels, about all levels, and she has actually excelled in those things, A++ and all sorts of things. And she got admission in uh, Study University. But my twins are still very unsettled about it. What I want to do, my stepdaughter is still unsettled about what she wants to do. So within my own unit, and that are not hundred percent sure that what they want to do. So I'm looking at the the people who are outside. They are still unsettled. where exactly what they want to stand at this present moment? Are they Are they understanding what the future lies? Because there are a lot of things government is bringing in when you can become an apprentice or you can go for a higher degree, but what degree are you going to go for? Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of uh, opportunities, a lot of um, opportunities are there, but which opportunity are you going to tap into? Today you said to me, I want to be a doctor. A doctor is just a one area of when, what sort of specialization you going to go into. Mm -hmm. In there, there are different areas you want to more specialize yourself. So becoming a nurse, general nurse is just a nurse. So what other opportunities you have within the nursing sector? What specialization you need to go into? So everything has become actually more specialized you need to go Mm -hmm. into. Having a just a degree will not suffice you to achieve your long-term goals. So what will be the steps you're going to take? And the step is to take what is more relevant at this moment in present time. Everything is on your fingertips. So we can, so I want to have something to eat, Uber it is there, or I can just call the number and get the food come in and I will have my dinner. But then you're thinking about your banking is online, your education is going to be change because of this COVID-19, a lot of things has started to change now. Cambridge University decided that all their class is going to be online. They are mm-hmm. going to be inviting people just for one or two times in a, in a month to come and attend the lectures. And the rest is going to, everything is online. So you have to prepare yourself how you're going to manage everything. How you manage your education, how you manage your day-to-day lifestyle, how you're going to manage all other areas of your lifestyle as well. Let's say, for example, now, as Cambridge University said, then how that is impacting those people who have uh, student accommodations, Mm -hmm. how they're going to survive. I don't want to digress over there. I just wanted to bring just an attention There are a lot of things happening. And then our children are thinking of what sort of area they're going Mm to architect. You can go into machine language or any other areas. So these are all things are coming together and multiplying and to understand. So, having a mentor to help you to grow step-by-step, step, that gives you, yeah, that's give you and um, work it out in terms of what matters the most, who is in your uh, support and who is actually showing you the direction going forward in your career. Let's say, for example, if I said to my daughter, then you have to be a lawyer, and she said, my dad, I am not interested in going to be in law me pushing her and even though she completed her degree she will regret it Mm -hmm. correct she will regret it say you forced me to do the law degree that's your degree i'm not interested i wanted to be an architect so in your lifetime you have to change your career several times because you never know where your life takes you you might be living in uk today Tomorrow, you decided to move to Australia mm-hmm. or America or Canada, anywhere in the world. If you have a degree or if you have education, you have a passport. So you can upgrade your passport mm-hmm. to next level and still achieve better opportunity in different countries. But if you don't have anything, how are you going to survive? How are you going to survive? Yeah,
0: that's great. And I think that's an, what you just mentioned there is about changing your career and, and like you've done as well mm-hmm. is important. But I think that's one of the biggest things that's probably changed in the last 30 or 40 or 50 years. People yeah. used to leave school and go into a, a job and do that for most of their life in a lot of circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. And now the world has changed very much to where people do have two, three, four, even five different careers in a lifetime and i think when you're 15 16 and you're being asked to decide what you it's i think the question still comes across as what do you want to do for the rest of your life and how does a 16 year old i mean there, there's, there are some like your your eldest daughter obviously quite focused and and had an idea of what they wanted to do from an early age but i don't think that i think as you demonstrated with the other kids they're in the minority really of who wants who knows what the hell they want to do at 16 and i think helping kids to understand that everything isn't everything just seems so final when you're that age right if if you don't get your exams it's the end <clears throat> end of the world but you could do something else you know and there's helping kids to see that there are nothing is the end until it's the end if that makes sense is so important
1: but there is no such thing as impossible if you break it down, he says, I am possible. Yes, is our mindset how we look at it. Because what happened is, uh, is about all well, about habits. It's about habits. It's about who you are surrounded with, who is actually uh, putting right in, in uh, instilling right information into your head. And if you have those people around you, they will uplift you. But if you have a company which is only looking at just mediocre or average, you will remain those sort of in the same area. If you're not going to harness your self or your abilities, because we are all being given a gift within us. Now, harnessing that gift is the skill one has to develop. Everything can be developed in our life. You remember when we were young. You started to walk, you were encouraged to walk. If your mom and dad says, "Oh you fought, you, you could not walk, don't worry about it
0: yeah, okay. give up
1: <laughs> give up give up give up, don't worry about it. But encouragement was given to you to walk to run, so we started walking and running, and now we are doing mammoth of things in our mm-hmm. life, with our body and everything. so we all got gifts now identifying which gifts you have is is a journey so everybody has to go through with their journey i can see in you some hidden things which you can't see yourself mm-hmm. if i say to you David, you have that charismatic uh, appearance on your face and you says really i never noticed that mm-hmm. because you are in your own self, you are not aware of your awareness, but other people can see awareness on you. And that's what is happening in a lot of you, that they can't see their gift. And that's why as being if they have been mentored, their mentor can be able to help them to dig those golden things in them. And so, you know, you have that gift in you. Use that gift. You have that capacity. Use that capacity. You have that threshold. Use the threshold to achieve what you want to achieve. And every youth have that. But again, you need somebody to guide them, then push them. Mom and dad and siblings, it doesn't work like it. Mm-hmm. But somebody from outside influence makes a very good push to them because they might listen to outside not inside.
0: Yeah. Well, they don't want to hear anything that their parents are telling them, do they, at that age? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely no. What As kind they, of exercises do you work with give with the kids then to kind of build that a i guess positive self-awareness because amongst the whole noise of everything else that's coming in from you know the the cliche really of uh, social media and the perfect this and the perfect life and people kids are measuring themselves against that all the time so it's quite it's understandable that they might look at it and think that they don't have the gifts that you're talking about and so how do you help them cut through that
1: happen is, uh, you know, as I said earlier, everybody is individual with their own journey and it, it uh, it's influence people have been influenced by a lot of people. Um, I, was, uh, I was talking to uh, this mentee of mine and she, he said to me that um, you know what, I wanted to achieve that level of confidence or that level of uh, think what other, this other person is doing. But if you started to compare yourself, it is not going to help you in any way.
0: You have inbuilt lot of resilience
1: and lot of uh, gifts within you to increase that. If you want to take the gifts out from yourself, the thing is, started to know yourself, who you are, first of all. We don't believe in our own self. We just think that everything, what it is, that we just have to follow what is outside. But first of all, you started looking inside, who exactly you are, what is your purpose in this world, yeah?
0: Young age, there are a lot of young
1: young minds have this concept of understanding where they are, what they want to do. My daughter, as a simple example, she wanted to go into, go into a university, she focused and she's going to... I've seen a lot of other students who says, you know, I have no idea to go to school, but I have a business idea. I want to run a business. And I've seen 12 years old, already multimillionaires. You are good with uh, podcasting or you are good with the video uh, or YouTube. You're making millions on that as well. So if I said to my daughter, you are really good at this, you know, we should put it on YouTube. Nah, not interested because... They're interested in doing those things, but they're not interested in making it to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. What we have been taught in our uh, generation is that we have to work hard. When work hard, it pays everything for us. So we work for somebody else and we just work very hard, 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 and we are sitting on the same end. And Then we have a lot of passion to do a lot of other things. But we do not want to work on those things. We just want to say, you know, my my job is settled. I got a job. I'm very comfortable. I'm very um, happy where I am. And then you take all the rest of your life working for somebody else. But one day you realize that, you know, I had a passion to do carpentry or I was impatient to do painting or I want to do something else. I did not look at those careers because I thought my family or my my family comes first, and I just focus on those students. So, guiding our youth to have an open mind to receive things and understanding about themselves is very important. Mindfulness is very important. When the time comes for exams, all the students, all the people, all the parents started getting in panic mode. How are we going to survive these exams? How are we going to look at this? The kids are not eating enough or they're not sleeping enough and they are just worried about their exams. And So I said to people, you know, you start doing mindfulness. Young, at the young age, start doing mindfulness for 10 minutes a day. You can't take out 10 minutes. I can tell you 24 hours, mm-hmm. 864 or 34,000 seconds we have in a day. You mm-hmm. can't take out 10 minutes. To just sit down and contemplate um, in your own thoughts, because that gives you how much sleep you have. Do you sleep seven to eight hours, or you are sleeping five hours? Which means your toxic in your brain are still there, and it will just going into your bloodstream. Which means when it goes into your bloodstream, you are anxious, you are um, cranky. You are unsettled, imbalanced with your hormones. So you are affecting your body and you can't make decisions. Somebody says something to you, you just let out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So understanding yourself is very important. And that's the the initial part, the self-awareness. And as I said, a lot of people have to start doing self-awareness of mindfulness. Understanding your own self first. And then you will be able to understand somebody else. Because if you don't know yourself, understanding somebody else is going to be a very demanding task on yourself. You know, this is, well, I'm trying to make her happy, but she's not making, she's not getting happy. And then you started to look at it, but I'm not happy myself, I'm going to make her happy. So we did not reflect upon those things. And I learned myself this. About 15 years ago, mm-hmm. so you can imagine it was not that I was always been a learned person. I've done now 15 years, yeah. ago. so I was on my own journey as well as a lot of other people are going through that journey. So I'm not, yeah,
0: the same thing. I think um, once you develop that, and it's with I would think most of us have probably sleepwalk for a fair amount of time, and at some point we kind of something wakes us up into having that perspective to be able to observe ourselves um it's certainly if i look back over most of my 20s i didn't necessarily have that for sure right you're kind of almost operating on instinct most of the time and then i don't know whether it's gradual or suddenly or something happens where you start to actually review yourself from a different perspective and and i think if you're able to help kids gain that perspective earlier that's probably one of the most defining or, or the, the, the most important skills that anyone can obtain really is being able to gain that additional perspective because that's where emotional intelligence really comes in. And I see, you know, I've said this to a few people previously that one of my observations is when I watch uh, TV programs, whether they're involved, you know, documentary on the wall stuff um, and you follow following in police and they're arresting people. Almost consistently, the people that are repeat offenders getting arrested all the time—they have a very similar limited emotional response. There's a lot of anger, and you can quite clearly see that difficult circumstances. They don't have the the emotional skills to handle them, and that's a ne- negative series of events. And if that could be intervened earlier on in the teenage years to give kids the skills to deal with disappointment or things not going their way whatever it is you could solve and or you prevent a lot of the the downstream problems in in adulthood and so how do we how do we better equip our kids with that emotional intelligence
1: emotional intelligence is a very big subject and uh, parents has to understand what emotional intelligence is first of all if they want to teach their children Emotional Intelligence. Then it comes to the society where we are sending our children to, is the school, the teachers to understand what Emotional Intelligence is all about. Because Emotional Intelligence cater five areas, which means you need to be self-aware of yourself, which means you need to understand who you are, what sort of uh, understanding you have about your own self, if somebody says something to you, whether you have the capacity to absorb that or you are going to repel against that, uh, then the next one comes as self-regulation. So again, if you're self-aware, so what sort of decision are you going to make? If you have to make instant decision, uh, you have that capacity to make instant decision or you're going to wait for somebody else to make a decision for you. So self-awareness give you that sort of thing. Then it comes to motivation. So you are self-aware. You are self-regulated. Then you say, yeah, I got two element mastery. You will become automatically motivated to do a lot of things in your life. And you started to, the fourth element comes to you, becomes empathized to a lot of things. So I was talking to somebody yesterday and he says, I did about 30 years in a company. And now my company has dissolved and I started working for somebody else. And somebody says to me, you are very naïve, very naïve, or use that word of saying that you are very lenient with people. We want somebody to be very stronger. And he mm-hmm. says it's not about that stronger. It's about emotional intelligence. But he was not being valued at that anymore because he was working with people in completely different areas of business. So he could be a driver or could be somebody who is doing trips from one place to another place and he was having a conversation and trying to understand what's the problem they are experiencing. For him to understand that, to sort out the journey for that person. So next time when he just called and say you need to do this delivery here, the that, that guy will say, Yeah, that's perfectly fine. I will do it, no problem. Because you are connected on emotions with people. And if you want to if you are not a leader, if you are telling them off that you did not do delivery here or you did not complete it this task or that task. And what they will feel is that, you know, my manager doesn't care about me. He just wants that work to be completed. So you are not emotionally intelligent. So that's what I'm saying, that you need to cover those areas. Once you become motivated, you are then become very empathetic with against a lot of people. And then, then you become completely a magnet. In social circle, you stand somewhere. People will come to you and start chatting with you because they can see your vibration or your energy is so clean that people want to speak to you. It's not about that they want to do or sell something to you. They just want to connect with you. And as an as emotionally intelligent person, what you're going to be doing, you're not selling yourself. You're just going to be having a chat with them to connect somewhere emotionally. So I go into networking and when I start a conversation, I do not just sort of say, oh, my name is Sam Dosa, and I'm a business coach. Uh, And I would help you grow your business. No, no, no. I just go there. And so, so how long did it took you to be here in this networking? Or or why? what makes you to come to this networking? So the questions is completely out of their business, my business. I'm just trying to engage in their conversation so we can have some sort of a republish on that. I might not buy on the first uh, networking. I might invite him to have a coffee with me and to understand more where exactly what he's selling me or what area of expertise he has which might help me to grow myself or i go his him him in his business journey so we build our relationship on those emotions and that becomes a longer stretch relationship instead of a short relationship i ask you so what do you do you say to me oh i sell windows oh i don't need a windows at the moment thank you very much i move on to somebody else you understand Mm -hmm. Emotional intelligence is very important. If you are a director in a company who is selling, and you have about 50 sales agents with you, salespeople with you, not everybody is going to be making the deal. Some people are not going to be very good with making the deal, making the decision. So as a sales director what you do is, you get it all assessed, how many members of your team been assessed, and you will identify on this assessment that who has the capacity to make decisions to close the deal, who is more analytical, who has influence to influence others. So you will have a different sort of skill sets in your entire team. So you will know that if I want to do this, if i give John a task, he will complete the task. But if I'll give a task to Matthew, he will do an analytical side of it, where he will contain all the information about that that uh, customer, and give it to John, and John will going to close that deal because he will have all the information about their their uh, reports, their budgets, their everything, and they will say, you know, last year you did this, uh, we have understand you have gone through with them uh, setbacks, we understand what's going on, but what we are offering this, this is what we are offering, and understand what you are looking for, we can completely give the solution. You close the deal because you have managed. Because as a director, you manage your team very well. You do not actually forcing anybody to anybody. Because what you did actually, you are very really playing a smart uh, trade in your team, saying, "Okay, I can see who got what skills. I'm going to mix and match, group up, uh, and then there you go. We're winning so many businesses. Emotional intelligence is very important.
0: It's hugely important, and I think. You know that alongside money management management um two two of the biggest skills that we could really use um but for some reason not really covered during the school years um and it's something that you know i'm quite passionate about that if we could start teaching more kids emotional intelligence and that was the knock-on effect you've got to pay it now because unfortunately as a whole you know we kind of missed a few generations <laughs> so we've got to start now we won't really see the benefits of it for for some time but those kids will then have kids and the same with with money management is we would get ourselves into a much better place as, as a society uh, if we can hand if we were better with our with our own money because at the moment we're we're very much i think conditioned to be consumers uh, and to spend 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 and then when something like what's just happened with covid comes along and we i I still believe we haven't seen anywhere near the full fallout from from the impact of that yet it leaves us all in a in a challenging position because we weren't we haven't been given the education to to prepare for these scenarios Uh, and the other third thing really is kind of health and nutrition you know there's kind of everything that wraps into those three things and you know how do we how do we supplement that, um, in the lack of, you know, in lieu of it being within the education system now, how do we, as a, as a society, as parents, as, um, as mentors and, and, you know, social leaders, how do we, how do we actually help young people to develop those skills for themselves?
1: What there are a lot of areas which can be covered, uh, because, um, It's all about it all starts from home. How you do things at home. Teachers won't be able to teach you if your home setting is completely opposite. Even though in the school you start talking about nutrition, you're talking about money matters and everything. But you go home and uh, you ask for something and it's on your desk, on your table, on your bed. You say, you know what, I ask and I Mm gave. Not everybody has the similar lifestyle. Yeah? So everything has to start from home. So mom and dad has to understand that how you look at, and how much you can afford. You can't lavishly afford everything on on credit cards. And then as you said, you know, money has finished and you decide there is no more. And then children have that habit of receiving things. And if they will not receive, they're going, going to a turmoil of being left out or they're going into sort of a depression, then now we can't afford anything. We were having everything luxury. We were going on four or five holidays a year, and now we can't afford one holiday a year. Everything has shifted. So there are a lot of multiple effects happens within the unit as well. So parents have to understand what is most important for themselves or for their children. Good education understanding what the value of money nowadays money is not grown tree it's been made in in sort of a bitcoins Mm -hmm. so what is a new era is coming in how everything is going to roll because people are saying well use your card use your card use your card now paper money is not going to be in in a run anymore so how we are looking at and telling our children that the future is completely going to be different. It's going to be artificial intelligence. How are you going to cope with those sort of things without our, we wake up in the morning and we just pick up our phone. We become the slave of our phone. Yeah, but all always going to start from the parenting. It's not going to start from the schooling. If parents are going to guide them correctly and show them the direction, then they will become the better, Individuals who will have their own children going to become in good individual,
0: and the influence
1: around them. Because we send our children to different different parents' houses as well. They come back and they say, "Oh, they have this, they have that, or they will do this, or they were doing this and now uh, But what well, we don't have this. My daughter came to me once when she was young. She says to me, "Dad, uh, you know what? My friend just got an iPhone, and I just got a Nokia." And I said politely, "Sorry, darling, I only afford Nokia. We can't afford iPhone." And she understood the way you say it, because you can't just say, oh, "Oh, your friend got an iPhone. I will buy you an iPhone." It's not a problem. I want to show that all because it's not good. Because what you are doing, you are creating a competition. You are creating an unbalanced uh, scenarios, and this is what is happening within our society. People are acting like lunatics. And there was a study done in America about people who were multimillionaires. So they did a test on the drug, one of the person who was having cocaine regularly. And they did a check on it, his brain activity. And they saw one part of his brain activity was flashing very quickly. And then they had this brain scan done on this multimillionaire. And they saw the same part was acting very fast, and they justify that the person who was addicted to cocaine and the person who is addicted to wealth has similar effect. Mm -hmm. What the person who is wealthy, he says, okay, if I got a one mansion, I want to buy another mansion. If I have one jet, I want another jet. So you are as that constantly in that sort of a cycle of getting more, 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 more what's the, what's the effect? You can have the worldly things, but internally you are unhappy.
0: Mm -hmm. It's so true. And I think we're, you say, conditioned to that instant gratification of get stuff, get stuff, get stuff. And time and time again, you you hear the message coming back from, you know, Jim Carrey was very vocal about this, like he Mm -hmm. dreamed of all of this stuff and he got it and then he was desperately desperately miserable because he realized that the happiness didn't lie within all of the stuff and i think you know i I try and say to people it's fine to play the game but don't get played by the game and i think if you can wake up and understand that all of the stuff is just stuff and it's not the important side it's fine to go and get stuff but if you're buying things because you say well oh, so and so will love this or what will you know the, you, you can't wait to take a picture of it and put it on social social media um you're probably not buying it for the right reasons and and try and focus more on what you want to what you want to give i think is the key bit and i think what you see a lot of uh, the billionaires and, and stuff the message that seems to get missed is the the most of the reasons they got there is actually because they were supplying uh, solutions to people. You know, Jeff Bezos has supplied a solution that people didn't necessarily know they needed, but you can now order pretty much anything on the earth and it turns up the next day. And Bill Gates gave us computers and and the same as Steve Jobs and anyone else who's kind of got to that kind of level it's been because they've solved huge problems and they've been focused on that and the byproduct actually was everything else that, that came with it um, rather than chasing after the material shiny stuff but how do we it's, it's a challenging one isn't it how do you teach kids that when all they can see is <laughs> all of the shiny things but it, you're right i think it's important not to create that that race to spend everything you've got because so-and-so's got something I've got to get something like it or better. And before you know it, it's a self-fulfilling is kind of prophecy type thing really, isn't it? just perpetuates itself into a race to the bottom (laughs) as it were. So it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? How do you, it's it's,
1: it's a difficult one, but again, uh, as a uh, parent, has a responsibility of um, guiding the children because is all about the influence. It's all about the influence, what sort of influence you are letting your children into and what sort of influence you are around around yourself as well. And I was around a very really bad influence myself because I was being in an influence where I saw people abusing things in terms of, even though they don't have money, but they were buying a lot of things on credit mm-hmm. card and showing off because it is oh so well, I know it's not my money, but I still can buy it. Government or oh, bank is giving me, so I buy it. It's not a problem. But the effect of that thing happens to the rest of the people who are surrounding you, looking at it, oh, or you have a big mark, or you have another Ferrari, or Porsche, or something like that. It's just on somebody else's money. It's not your money. But you are lavishly living it into a sort of a bubble. And when that bubble bursts, and when you become the poppers and people look at you and then say oh so that's the reality of the mm-hmm. reality in picture and we create our own self and we create our own uh, uncertainty ourselves
0: you can imagine
1: that we are creating these big shiny things and sometimes this shiny thing become very dull it has a remnant effect on not only you but then on your wife and on your children and all those who are surrounding you looking at you those sort of things so one has to be very mindful of it that whether does he know himself and herself very well is he content in his own body Mm -hmm. or he's looking at the commercials outside and says oh that person looks very slim i should look like him or her but once you have to comfortable in your own body and on your own skin and everything and started to work on yourself because there is not such thing that is going to happen in a quick scheme. It has to take, everything has to take some time. You have to start, a first, you have to take a first step for everything you want to do in your life. If you are thinking that I want to do, I want to achieve a goal, uh, which means you want to do your master degree and you are delaying it, and it's been almost five years and you always says, I wanted to do my degree. I wanted to do my degree. Saying and acting on it is a completely different things. So you say today, I was in September, I'm going to start my degree. And you start the process and everything and you get yourself an admission and then you just jump on the journey of achieving something. We say a lot of things, talk is cheap. We talk a lot. We don't take actions. That's the hardest part taking actions because when you take actions, things started to change, and we don't like change. If somebody says to you, Change your behavior, David, yeah, which is you already had that change, you would say, Okay, now wherever you are living, you need to start living somewhere else. How many questions is going to raise into your head? Mm-hmm. So, well, do I like? does it, do I going to enjoy that new place? Whether what sort of a commute is going to be for my work or whether, whether my, my, my friend circle, where my friend circle is going to be, whether my partner is going to like that place or not. So there are so many questions comes in. And nobody likes change. There are simple things in, the compa- in, in a company. If you change a software in a company, and ask the people to start using that software. Everybody start complaining, oh, we don't like it. Oh, we don't like it. Oh, we want to go back to the original one, what you we were working on, because nobody likes change.
0: It's yeah. true. The human being is designed for homostasis, right? <laughs> yeah. Everything, everything about the human wants to stay still and do nothing, and, and everything to stay just, just as it is. You see it, and that's a great example. I think you see it with things like facebook right they change the look and feel of it and everyone complains because they just want it they want it the way it was whether it actually turns out but Pete, the interesting thing is that once you do start to make those changes and you start to move forward that that it's always less painful than you think it was going to be and it is it you've just got to take that first move and i think the other part is you know when we are talking about instant gratification i think people see it's very easy to see oh i want i want X, Y, and Z, or I want to get to X, Y, and Z, and but the gap between seems so vast that it's hard to get started. But actually, if you just start moving one step at a time, do the stuff. I think Henry Ford said that uh, it's amazing that when I don't know how to do something, if I focus on what I can do, the stuff I couldn't do seems to disappear.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Talk iterate, about whatever You
0: go forwards, right?
1: Yeah. So sometimes, what happens? We are stuck with something uh, and we can't do it. Or let's say, for example, you are looking for something in your house. You know that 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 thing is, is in the house, but you can't find that thing. But you are constantly finding, trying to find that thing. You are pulling this bag, that bag, and you're going into this corner, that corner. You can't find it. But the time you settle down and just say, "Okay, I can't find it, it's Okay, it will come to me." And that instant you see that thing sitting in front of you. Mm -hmm. I had this uh, chap was having a podcast with him and he said, you know, this guy woke up in the morning and he had started smelling something really disgusting. And he says, you know what, Uh, I has to search for it where that disgusting smell coming from. So he was running around everywhere in the loo, in the kitchen, in the garden to see where exactly this smell was coming from and then he realizes that something stuck on his mustache was was stuck rotten and that rotten thing was stinky <laughs> and some, that's what i am the analogy is used as that when you are looking everywhere outside sometimes mm-hmm. you just look under your nose you will find it
0: so true are there any uh you talked a little bit before we kind of come towards the end now um are there any kind of uh daily practices anything simple tips you could give to people that can either help themselves help their kids whatever
1: you know the simple things is that um sit in mindfulness for 10 minutes 15 minutes start with five minutes or 10 minutes you don't have to do anything just sit put a mellow music if you like to music uh, some sort of uh there are thousands of music available on uh, YouTube. Get uh, uh, anything on the YouTube. Just sit down and just relax. Just breathe naturally. You don't have to breathe in you know, a deep breathing or just breathing. Just breathe naturally because there are a lot of rituals. Different rituals comes in once you started bringing those awareness. Because we have given five senses. Okay, we need to enhance those five senses. That's the that's the magic happens after that. Reading and habit is also a ritual. You remember, uh, I remember myself, or you remember as well, when you wake up in the morning, your mom used to say, my mom used to say, go brush your teeth, mm-hmm. go brush your teeth. I still say to my daughters, even though in the night, I'll say, go brush your teeth before you go to sleep. I do the same thing because it's an habit. And you instill those habits in your children from the ch- very young age. This, 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 this has to be complete. Now we become very mature and now we want to create some new habits in our life. And it it takes time to create new habit. It does not take hundred days, it takes only thirty-three days to Mm -hmm. create a new habit. So let's say for example, you say I'm going to sit in mindfulness every day for ten minutes and a specific place. You can do it. You just put a time aside for it ten minutes without any distraction. Put your headphones on you sit and you just breathe and breathe out 10 minutes that's it and that will create an habit for you you do it continuously for 33 days and i assure you you will not going to be resting every next for the rest of your life you said, you know i want my 10 minutes i need to my friend in uh, in canada he travels along to around the globe he said my my power nap is very important for me I have to have 20 minutes power nap every afternoon so I can rejuvenate myself. And I precisely go for 20 minutes power nap. Hmm. And it rejuvenates him again. And he says, I'm very fresh now. I'm ready to rock. Go in the nature. Go in nature and sit there. Breathe the fresh air. And just look after your body. Look after your body. We put a lot of things in our body, not realizing that those things what we are putting in, which are processed, especially, mm-hmm. doing a lot of damage in your body. And you can imagine our children who are, where not been properly guided, they are eating junk food, and they are affecting their, not only their physical side of it, their, their thought process goes damage as well, because you are putting so much stress on your tummy, which burns the food, they're taking all that energy from the from entire your body and trying to burn that food and you are not allowing they are not going out to play if you remember your childhood there was this i was in, in i was brought in pakistan and we were used to be out in the field and our mom used to shout and ask us to come inside and this is totally is reversal that mm-hmm. we are pushing our children get out from the house mm-hmm. now, <laughs> go outside in the field, <laughs> play outside and we will call you and then come back. But you are stuck to a computer, you're stuck to a machine mm-hmm. and you are more comfortable sitting on that machine and you are just not, and you are getting obesity because you are constantly sitting on those sort of things and you are constantly watching those screen which has submineral languages coming in and which is... Interacting with your mind chemicals, and then you started to think something else. What you are watching is absorbing in your head, and everything. So, the more time you're spending on the computers or the phones or sort of things, it's ever a detrimental effect on you
0: long term. So true. So true. Right. I've got a few questions that I want to sure. run through with you before we wrap up. Sure. Uh, then I've just started to ask everybody these same questions to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, see what the, what the answers are that come up uh, so number one is do you have a morning routine uh, and if you do what does it look like
1: so my morning routine I do have a morning routine so I wake up in the morning I do my gratitudes I do sit in my prayers I do my meditation and then I start my work now I will have uh, lemon water alkaline water mm-hmm. to refresh my body and I will take my breakfast around uh, after, after two hours. I'll take my breakfast. So that's my routine in the morning.
0: Very nice. What time do you get up?
1: At this present moment, uh, I'm, I'm being very naughty. So um, I go to sleep very late. So almost about uh, half twelve, one o'clock. So I do wake up at about 7.30, 8 o'clock mm-hmm. at this moment. My previous routine was that I used to wake up at around half three. I'm I'm, I'm an early early morning because early morning is more important for me. So I'm an early bird.
0: Yeah, it's nice. I like like to try and get up early when I can, particularly this time of year. It tends to, um, one thing I learned from getting up early some time ago was it tends to be sunnier for some reason in the summer. It always seems to be sunny at 5 o'clock in the morning. It deteriorates by (laughs) 7. So if you like sunshine, get up earlier. Um, next question, three books that you'd recommend, um, and why?
1: Well, three books, um, first of all, uh, uh, books in terms of, I recommend is, uh, grow rich one, which is Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said to people to read that book, open, open your mind read book first time, second time, third time, you will see the secret messages on that. Mm-hmm. You will see might be the first time because you might be very congruent with your own self. So you will be able to see what exactly it is all about. Secondly, I would say about public speaking um, book, which allows, I, I don't remember the name of that book at this moment, but something related to public speaking, which means give you some confidence because People rather die than speak in, the, in public because they'll say, No, 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 it's not my cup of tea. And I was the same. I used to hold the mic and I used to dance one corner to another and I used to put my mic so low that nobody can hear me. So I just had this, what I call it, uh, I used to have sweat, uh, uh, cold sweat coming out from my armpits. And I felt it actually. Mm-hmm. And it was that drastic situation with me. But I practice, practice practice and now i teach people to be a public speakers so any book which from simon sinek Mm -hmm. is a very good books from him he's a very amazing uh, author and entrepreneur and a thought leader so anything from him is a great uh, um, collection if you can have from him and the third book is i will talk about is uh, have something lighter, which will give you a purpose in your life. So, um, from a book from, I would say, uh, Mr. Sharma, uh, Robin Sharma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was a book about the, um, what's his name? Something related to the Ferrari. Um, have, you, have you heard about that? No, book?
0: I haven't. It's
1: about, it's a, it's about uh, a Buddha, uh, it's about the Buddha or it's about uh, a Buddhist a monk mm-hmm. and, and they were relating to things that to be a monk or to become a businessman mindset, how you balance those things because if you don't balance your life, then you can be a monk rest of your life and you will say uh, that's what my eternity or uh, I'm happy where I am. But I'm not have enough to sustain myself. Mm-hmm. But then if you are a millionaire, then you have no internal happiness. You are only have external happiness. So to bring those things together, to balance it out, then you have uh, what I call it nectar from the both world. So you are balancing your life in a very equal form. Mm-hmm. So you are internally happy and you're also wealthy. So you are in the middle.
0: I like the sound of that book. I'm going to go yeah. and uh, I'll look it up and I'll make sure I put a link so that other people can can find it because it sure. sounds perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, three people that you were that you either follow uh, or listen to. Uh, and why?
1: Okay. So um, I started listening to Brian uh, Tracy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I saw I I heard about, read his books as well, and read his. Uh, I also listened to his stories as well about how he managed to become what who he would He became now uh, his primary journey from uh, from his uh, condo to where he is right now, and learning several languages and how he's managed to uh, get to the place where he is right now and influence a lot of things is lot of programs is which I followed and learned a lot of things from and I became my ritual practice as well in my life as well um, secondly Tony Robbins came as well in my uh, journey as well um, certain degree uh, I followed him but then one area I stopped following him because I was not managing my uh, sort of what I call it he um, was not on the same wavelength as my wavelength I think I might not be in his wavelength so I found it not balanced, but what I learned from his uh, uh, programs was that uh, there is a determination, there is a follow-up, there is a potential pushing you to the next level, understanding who you are, making sure that you follow your path, your growth, and influence yourself with the right people. And that was important to me as well. And third, but not I would say the last one, um, is uh, a person who is um, which I follow? Uh, he's a he's a spiritual leader, but he's also a father, um, a brother, um, and he influenced millions of people. Uh, he's not in sort of what I call it uh, in the media a lot, mm-hmm. um, because he's not a sort of a social media influencer, sort of like that. He's a, he's somebody who actually have a a vision to help the global people. It's mm-hmm. not about one particular sect, but the entire world. And he's helping those people in a completely different ways. So his institution called the Aga Khan Development Network. Uh, is called akdn.org. And that's where he helped billions of people in different areas of the world. So you name it: Africa, India, Pakistan, um, Tajikistan, um, Portugal, European countries. There are as well as there are other countries as well. So, so I uh, he is uh, one of the topest, I would say, mm-hmm. of hope because uh, he gives us the directions in every life, every aspect of our life as well.
0: I like the sound of that. I. Will, uh... Look him up too. Uh, three habits or disciplines that you've adopted over your life that have made the biggest difference.
1: Affirmations, regular yeah. affirmations, my mindfulness, gratitude. This is the ritual I do every day. I do um, uh, my habits. As I said, my rituals are my habits. Um, and these are very important to me. And that actually, uh, developed me and, um, I used to very regular in, uh, reading books, but I've taken a backseat and uh, listening to things uh, in terms of podcasts or audiobooks. Um, and I would say, uh, spending time with my family. That's more important for me now.
0: Uh, three tools, systems, software, apps, whatever you want to call them. Um, that you love, you use on a day-to-day basis and probably couldn't live without now?
1: Mm, WhatsApp.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> LinkedIn, um, Microsoft, uh, Office
0: 365 mm. and Teams. Yeah, everyone. I think uh, we're all in a similar boat on those ones. And the last question is, if you could spend one hour uh, with one person dead or alive, who would it be?
1: I would say uh dead or alive. I would say alive. I think uh, I would say Tiago Khan.
0: I, I suspected you may. You were going yeah. to say that before yeah. I asked the question. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Uh, that is all my questions. Thank you very much, Sam. It's been. Uh, Really interesting, great to, to learn about you and to have a good conversation around um, all things encompassing, um, you know, how to navigate in the, the challenging world, you know, both from a, um, a youth perspective, but also from a parental expect, uh, perspective and, and society. So I um, really appreciate your time.
1: It was a pleasure talking to you, David, for giving me this opportunity to share my, my thoughts with your audience. And um, you know what, uh, people who will be listening and if they are in, well, I I just wanted to share this as emotional intelligence questionnaire. It's just a 10 uh, uh, set of questions allows you to identify where is your score. So it's not right or wrong because there are 10 questions. Just wanted to see whether how do you see those questions and what is your first instinct of your emotions and you say, okay, I would say A, for example, and then you score your score, score, tell your score and see what your total number comes in. And this will tell you that where you stand on your emotional intelligence uh, scorecard and there is a life forward where you can become 100% Mm self-aware of yourself and it's available on my website, samdosa.com and it's free.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Get get over there and do that. The first time I did an emotional intelligence questionnaire, it's quite it's really good it's really helpful because it helps you see from another perspective where you have opportunity to to work and you become by just by doing that you become more conscious. So yeah, and over to well I'll make sure I've got a link over to the to the questionnaire from my website when this goes out.
1: Thank you very much. Really
0: Amazing, appreciate Sam. it. No, really good. Great to chat, Sam. Thanks.
1: Pleasure. Cheers, Pleasure bro. as well.